0: The Bostonian Versus the Book is being brought to you by Mullen Labe Cigars. Every man dies, not every man really lives. It's a movie line. It's the fundamental principle by which this premium, organic, small batch cigars are made. Their tobacco has a 200-year-old generational line and is grown in soil free from GMOs, fertilizers, and pesticides. Mullen labe cigars are produced in small batches, and when they are gone, they're gone. Their work is marked by an outpouring of skill and pride. The result is a cigar that defines the luxury smoking experience. One worthy of your finest moments. Celebrate your biggest victories with Maulabe Cigars. Shop today at M O L O N L A B E Cigars.com or check out the link on the BVB Discord channel. Maulabe Cigars. Don't wait to experience something
1: great. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our city. F- the book is Dave Sherapan. Thank you. Pay that man his money. Together, they are The Bostonian versus The Book.
2: You covered! You covered 12 years!
1: Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus The Book.
2: How do you like their match?
1: Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here are we Go. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sharapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are The Bostonian versus The Book.
2: You covered! You covered 12!
1: follow the show on twitter at boston versus the book
2: how do you like their match
1: bringing you the best insight on sports betting news matt and dave's daily picks and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry here's dave sheriffan and matt Peralt. and here we go
0: What's up, boys and girls? Welcome into what is a little bit of an earlier version of the Bostonian versus Mm -hmm. the book. Dave Sharap and Matt Peralta. How are you on this Tuesday? This is my doing us going on early. (laughs) The interview we're going to have coming up here in a second. My doing tried to do something different and it just didn't. Go the way I wanted to go. So apologies to Dave for making him come on a lot earlier than normal. Thank you for bearing with us. Good crowd in here already, though, which is nice. Yes. How are you on a Tuesday?
3: I'm good. I messed up because I was doing something, and then <laughs> Sorry. I got a kid doing graphics for the Pirates video that has never made a bet in his life. So Uh-oh. he doesn't know what any of this means and what any of this stuff is. And so if I get distracted, it's because there's this poor kid in Pittsburgh trying to figure out what does this mean. For the first inning, yes, no, he has no idea what he's talking about. So, trying to set up a graphic, I said I would be good until ten thirty, and I lied because then you sent me a text and said we got to start. We got Phil on, which is good, but I mean, it's always it's fun to try something new. We tried something new last night. It worked out okay, didn't it?
0: We took over Sports Grid for five hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally five hours. I appreciate the brigade. I appreciate the tweets and the notes and the DMs of you guys watching. It was cool. Uh, to get on there and do kind of a different spot. Normally you guys are seeing us at midnight Eastern. I was on with Dave from nine to 10 Eastern. And then I continued on for two more hours. So you got a whole lot of me last night on Sports Grid, which was which was fun. So yeah, that was new. I'll be back on Friday night. The two of us will do it again Friday, yes. Monday, Friday for next week. I don't know if that's gonna be like the normal schedule for a bit, but it it, it might be. But that was fun. It was it was it was cool to get on there. You it was great and enjoyed the conversation we had yesterday. Watching games, watching the Yankees blow a lead—that was a lot of fun. Always fun so, when
3: that happens. Yeah, and, and now they're in last place. <laughs> so <laughs> always fun when the Yankees are in last place. Not for some of you Yankee fans, but I mean, seriously, who's a Yankee fan? I mean, and anybody? Yankee well, you fans met are one watching well, us.
0: Well, we didn't like tell that. the story yesterday. You 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 met the people I told you that exist. What? The ones that. The Midwestern people that decide that they're going to be Yankee fans. And oh, we're going to
3: tell that story? I didn't think yeah. we were going to tell that story. Of about course
0: you're the- telling that story. That's- what do you mean? <laughs> oh, you no. met exactly the person that I described that you were like, oh, they God. don't really exist. Yeah, go. they really exist. The Rams fans and the Yankee fans and the, the Laker fans, and they absolutely exist because you met one. You're like, wait, what are you a fan of? And he went cherry pick cherry pick cherry pick cherry pick and i said i
3: told you they exist i couldn't believe it um what's what's his name first name off the top of my head i can't remember um, his first name hold on uh, I'll, I'll get it in a second yeah hold on, uh, it's i apologize for not Nebraska. having his first hold name handy can, off the I top get, of my yes, uh, i'll get it fast head, but well,
0: while you think and talk i'll get it
3: we you know Again, and one of the pleasures of of this brigade proxy services, guys are coming to town and we're working on some other things, too, to have another kind of brigade weekend get together, whatever. And if you want to sign up for the contest, we're trying to get help with the rooms and all that other stuff. Um, So we meet this guy and I start talking and I've been talking to people in Vegas sportsbooks for almost 20 years. So I ask where you're from. What do you do for a living? All these other things It's like speed dating. I said, "Well, what's your team? Like, what? You, what are you a fan of?" <laughs> he goes. I said, are "You in Nebraska fan?" He said, "Oh yeah." Well, how about your pro team? Well, football the Rams. I said, "The Rams, really? Why?" And he says, "Well, you know, they, they got good at Kurt Warner and all this Some stuff." I'm sorry, okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> I said, "What about baseball?" And he goes, "The Yankees." I said, "The Yankees." It's a whole other coast. Like, what? Why? And then I said, oh, "Okay." So Rams football, Yankees, baseball. What about the basketball? And he goes, oh, the Lakers. <laughs> and this guy, Piro, just does that. <laughs> and I go, wait, that's the parlay. <laughs> that's the parlay. And this kid's looking at us like, what are you He's like, about? what's wrong?
0: He's like, I'm trying to make fun of him. Like, I'm making fun of you. I, just, I, we, I was like, I did a, did a bit on the show that there are people in the Midwest that do this. And Dave was like, come on. And I was like, yes, they exist. And he had the typical justification they all have the story all of them have the well my uncle grandfather team got good i live in nebraska there's no team near me so i had to figure out what but it's the same story rinse repeat rinse repeat <laughs>
3: over and over and over it was, again it was surprising you didn't say cowboys instead of you know instead of uh rams he said when he said rams but right you know, because he liked Kurt Warner and all that other stuff and they won the Super Bowl. But yeah, the front runner fans, they, they're they were in that they were in that pocket and we were laughing. It was a, it was a funny story, but he was like, those are my teams, really. And I said of you know, you go, Of course they are. And we just started it was just a great thing. And I was like, Okay, maybe, maybe. You did live in the Midwest and meet all these people and 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 hear all these things. And sometimes I think you're talking and not listening, but you're hearing it. You're uh-huh. hearing it and, and oh, it resonates. I, I so, hear it.
0: And I went man. through wars with it on radio, off radio with going, why aren't you guys royal fans? Well, the royals stink. <laughs> I know they stink, but that's the closest team to you. You're chief fans now a lot of times, aren't you? Oh, yeah, of course. We're chief fans, chief kingdom. But, but why weren't you a Chief fan <laughs> 10 years ago? Oh, good. well, you know, uh, I'm a Ram fan because of my uncle, and he really was... No, it's the same story <laughs> over and over but again. But
3: why did you get so mad at them other guys that... Uh, yeah, the Smurf guy right. and, and his friend, uh, the friend's name was James... Pat and, K- Pat and Nick. Pat and Nick. Those, those, were, those were the Chicago guys. Yeah. They, I mean, when... The guy said he was a Nebraska football, football. fan, but a Cre- right. Creighton basketball fan. He are like, no, no you he,
0: can't do he that. He wasn't a Creighton basketball. He likes I was saying you can't do that. He likes Nebraska ball is what they call it, which is good. My whole shtick for years, my shtick was you can't be a Nebraska football fan and a Creighton basketball fan. It doesn't work. Because there, Nebraska basketball is a laughing stock. They were horrible in the Big 12. They're horrible in the Big 10. And Creighton basketball is really good. So you wear red on they're Saturdays. they're not
3: that far apart. Like, they're yeah, not but that- if you live in
0: Omaha, it's ridiculous. Because there's, you don't have to be a Creighton basketball fan. You're a Nebraska football fan. You should be a Nebraska basketball fan. So Husker fans got mad at me. And then Creighton fans got mad at me because I said, you don't have a football team. So you don't get to cheer for football. And they said, well, what am I going to do on Saturdays? Yeah, that's I said, not right. Just stay home and watch football. You're, you're a Creighton fan. You can't cheer for your rival except when they're playing in basketball.
3: If you don't have a team, P. Rolt, can't no. you pick the team that's closest to you? No,
0: you should, but you can't because you've chosen to be a Creighton basketball fan. They don't play football, so then they you can't don't be, have a football team. Yeah, but you can't wear red on Saturdays and blue on Sundays. That doesn't make any what sense you, in
3: L.A. with the Bloods and the Crips. What are it you just, talking about? I You're just, Nebraska. I, you can play what whatever said.
0: you want. There's a river called the Platte River. My whole shtick for four and a half years was choose the side of the Platte and stay there. Which side are you on? What is are funny? you are you on the Lincoln you said
3: side? That, I guarantee you said that almost the whole time you were there. Didn't Every you? time,
0: you pick us out of the plot, plac- and it used to. For, I mean, I'm not kidding you. People would come up to me in bars randomly, like just tap me on the shoulder, and go, you know. My grand, tell me their whole long justification for their fan base. It was hysterically funny. Oh, it got them God. so, people in Nebraska don't get mad all that often. This pissed them off more than anything else. It got the whole town talking. Who is this idiot from Boston telling me who I could be a fan of and what I'm doing? It no, awesome. they
3: were right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was phenomenal. It was so.
3: Pick a side it, of the Platte.
0: Yes. Platte River goes between Lincoln and Omaha. Pick a side of the Platte and stay there. It's the flattest river you'll ever see. It's like four feet all the way down. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like it's not even a river. Like we're used to like rivers. It's this long, very flat. Like everything else there, flat river. That's the Platte <laughs> River, flat Platte, so to speak. The so flat, flat, the flat, flat, <laughs> the, flat, the flat, flat, the flat Platte. Okay, so let me try to set this up. This is going to be fun. Phil Steele, Phil Steele's magazine. If you guys don't know the magazine, you should. This is. Basically one of the starting of football. This is the magazine that's out right now. Phil Steele's college football 2023 preview. It's 350 pages. I've been talking to Phil about betting. I'm 46. I don't want to date Phil, but like I've been talking to him for a long time about betting because he's done betting in this book for a long time. He has his own language, his own shorthand. It's very cool what he was able to put together. And and Phil Steele's been kind enough to join us here on the Bostonian versus the book. Now, this looks a little different. I know. But Phil, Matt and Dave,
2: can you hear us, sir? I can hear you. Can you guys hear me? You sound phenomenal.
3: Phil sounds like he's got a great microphone. (laughs) Phil, you look great (laughs) on the picture that we're using and you sound fantastic. So can you hear us? This is good uh
2: right now you're just breaking up a little bit there uh, oh it's like pausing then a little bit
3: okay mm-hmm. well let's hold it together p Ralt. can we yeah. do it i Go think ahead. we can do it i think yeah. this, this, okay, this, okay.
0: let's do it yeah we do haven't it. done audio before so this is the first time we've done audio only with just audio a picture control. so i think we're okay uh but phil let's start with just the overall work that goes into the magazine the number of hours you guys put in to put together this magazine uh, how difficult, how long do you guys spend getting this thing together?
2: You know, we start, uh, I do the magazine in a three write-through process. And the first, uh, we start the Sunday after Thanksgiving, which is when some team season is complete. And the uh, first write-through process uh, is, involves the uh, Postseason. And we've just, I've just watched every game all season long. I'm all familiar with the team, but I go back and read every single article that was written about the team for the whole year. So get in depth on every single position on every single team and do the first write through. And in the first write through, you address, you know, what kind of shape were they heading into last year? What happened last year? And what kind of shape are they for next year? The uh, second write through process is pre spring, which was when the rosters come out and we get the uh, transfer portal moves all updated and I update the writing that time. And then the third is after talking to the head coaches. And uh, this year I talked to 122 of the 133 head coaches, generally spend about an hour with each one going over the entire team. I send them my team pages with every single player on, all my notes, all the stats, and then ask them for strengths and weaknesses, put the position in order, and tell me how they feel about the position overall. It's a seven-month process. It starts the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And it ended June 7th this year. We had to actually move it back uh, because... uh, of the fact of the transfer portal, the transfer portal closed May 15th. We had to capture where all those players once. So I gave it three weeks. I feel we captured about 99% of where the players have landed. So it's a, it's a long arduous process, but well worth it in the long run.
3: Phil, when you look at the futures in the book and you know, when we used to do them in the book, it's always about the sec and then which team in the big 10, whether it was going to be Ohio state or Michigan was going to win it and worry about the playoff. But there's other teams and other conferences. I mean, the book is gigantic. There's more information in that book, concise, all over the place. What is a conference or two that, like, after talking to all these coaches and stuff, do you think people should pay attention to that they're probably not paying attention to in the mainstream media?
2: Well, I think I think there are once you get outside the power five, I don't think folks spend as much attention uh, looking at those teams. And I think that's where you find a lot of value. I know during the season, being here in Ohio, uh, very much in Mac country. The uh, the MAC, I find, is great value during the season if you're not following along with it. And this year, maybe the conference that might get the most value is CUSA because they had a team like Sam Houston State, Jacksonville State. Who knows anything about them? Well, I give you the same amount of coverage on Jacksonville State and Sam Houston that I do in Alabama and uh, Ohio State. Two full pages, everything you ever needed to know about those. And I think that CUSA is a uh, – While probably the weakest of the conferences heading into the year, a lot of folks don't feel the the need to follow them. If you follow those conferences, I think you get a solid advantage. So to me, it's always the not the national TV game, not the one that's one against five this week. Everybody knows everything about that game. Go find the teams that nobody cares about. And that's where you find your value. The shorthand that
0: you have for the book, has that ever changed? And how long did it take you guys to create this language that basically you need a decoder sometimes to figure out with how much information you're putting on those two pages?
2: Yeah, and, you know, the good thing about the abbreviations, I I remember when I started them back in uh, 1995 when the book came out. Uh, it was tough to uh, for some people to digest all those abbreviations naturally, if you've had the magazine for years you you pretty much know all of them. But the thing I like is now that everybody's texting on their phones, everybody's abbreviating stuff so I mean now now you've got all kinds of abbreviations out there, and I think now today's youth definitely know abbreviations and probably figure it out much quicker than we than people did back in 1995.
3: Phil, the kids abbreviate everything. I have three daughters myself, and I think it's a different language. So they'll figure out the, the information's all there. They'll get to it. Speaking of information, all right, we talk about it all the time. The The space is all over it. The Heisman Trophy. It's Caleb Williams' to, to lose, basically. But in all of this you know, again, setting up this amazing guide and looking at all this stuff. It's, I mean, we're, it's a betting market and there's guys like Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Jr. uh, Quinn, Ewers. is there anyone that you kind of think might have that value that isn't named Caleb Williams to win the Heisman?
2: Yeah. And you know, um, uh, first of all, what, what kind of, do you got the numbers in front of you? I do. What's I have, a, what's Sam Hartman at right now? Oh, Oh, wow. I'm going to go down the list a little Seven. bit here for <laughs> 18 to one right now at Fandle. Okay. Uh, that's probably a good one to, uh, to look at because I think Notre Dame is an under the radar team. And as you know, if you're a quarterback for an undefeated team or one that's in the playoff mix at the end of the year, uh, you have that opportunity. Hartman's going to have his chances this year. Now, last year they had a backup quarterback. Remember, their starter went down to injury. Uh, Now they've got one of the best quarterbacks out there in Sam Hartman. And what a supporting cast. You look at a running back core. They go four or five deep there. In fact, they moved uh, Chris Tyree to slot position because they're so deep at running back. The offensive line is one of the best in the country, a defense, one of the best. They get Ohio State at home week five. If they can win that game, boom, he's going to be way up the charts. They get USC at home, head to head. Caleb Williams, Notre Dame, the home team is actually one, I believe, eight of the last nine in that Mm -hmm. series. Colder weather in October, Notre Dame wins that thing. Who do you pick? Do you pick Caleb Williams? Do you pick Sam Hartman? I'm going Hartman at that point. So I I like the odds at 18 to 1. And if I was betting. Excuse me, if I was betting uh, Caleb Williams or the field, I would take the field. There's a reason the Heisman winner can't repeat. Number one, they're not only competing against everybody else in the country, but they're competing against their stats from last year. And Caleb Williams last year threw for 4,537 yards, 67% completions with a 42 5 ratio. If he has anything less than that, people will say he has a down year. So he's Mm -hmm. competing against himself, he's competing against the others. I'd go with the field over uh, Caleb Williams. How about that? I love the Hartman pick is interesting.
3: Wait, the the follow-up question. Yeah. Phil, do you think Notre Dame's going to make the playoff? Like, are are we going to have to listen to this Notre Dame fight song for real? Like this (laughs) is going to be, are they going to be good?
2: I think there's a reason that Hartman's 18 to one is because nobody's really expecting it, but yes, they will be good. As mentioned, oh. you know, last year was Marcus Freeman's first year and uh, he lost his, he actually lost his first three games as a coach. Remember he dropped the bowl game, which he blew a big lead on. And then all of a sudden went nine and two down the stretch. They have the defense. They have the run game. They have one of the best special teams and I love their schedule. Even if they lose to Clemson on November 4th, which is the only game I have an underdog in all year. If they take care of business at home, they go a Eleven and one, and I think an eleven and one Notre Dame with wins over Ohio State and USC makes the playoff this year. So I give him that shot. I didn't pick it in the magazine, right. but we're we're talking value here, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I went with the eighteen to one for Hartman.
3: You hmm. think they'll be favored against Ohio State?
2: Uh, I've got the game uh, pick them uh, okay. right now. Right okay. now, they're an eight and a half point dog against Ohio State, but not for me. I look at the Vegas number and I look at my number. I've got the game of pick them because you've got a first year starting quarterback for Ohio State making his first real road start. They do play Indiana prior to that, but Ohio State usually has a crowd advantage at Indiana uh, and they're going to have a decent amount of crowd here, but it's going to be his first real test in front of a hostile crowd and a hostile defense. How about that? So, look,
0: I, I started doing you know heavy college football conversations when I moved to Alabama back in 2001, and Bama was horrible. I saw five coaches in four seasons. I saw Alabama fans just be furious in the Mike Dubose, Mike Shula, Mike Price eras that I had to cover. It's hmm. been a long time since Alabama has been bad. Alabama. And I think we saw it with Paul Feinbaum this morning on ESPN, bringing up the legacy for Nick Saban, that his legacy is on the line because of how things have gone the last couple of seasons. I'm equally down on Alabama this year. I don't think they make the college football playoffs, but where are you in Alabama? And that big question at quarterback.
2: You know, I think if you look at Alabama on paper, you say they're in trouble this year. I mean, they only have five starters back on offense, five on defense. They really do have a legitimate quarterback battle. I, by the way, went with Tyler Buckner, even though okay. I think Milroy might have the slight lead right now. Buckner knows the offense. He played in Tommy Reese's system at Notre Dame. He's got starting experience, been in big games. I think he can win the starting job. But you look at the experience chart. They go from number 52 in my experience chart last year to number 127. Uh, there's a lot of signs pointing down but the f- factors point up would be look at their two losses last year they lost to uh, Tennessee by a field goal and they lost to LSU in overtime by a single point and that was a horrendous year for Alabama they finished number five in the country 11 and 2 just uh, horrendous <laughs> overall you got Nick Saban you have all that talent you're two two real tough games Texas and Tennessee are both at home and Alabama has been playing w- less on the road than they have at home They're, they've been uh, vulnerable on the road. Look at, you know, they barely won in the swamp two years ago. They lost Mm -hmm. to College Station. They barely won the Iron Bowl on the road. Last year, they lose to Tennessee on the road. They lose to LSU on the road, both close losses. And they also struggled against Texas on the road. So at home, they don't have that problem. They get Tennessee and LSU at home. They do have to play uh, a on the road mm-hmm. in College Station, which I like that game a lot. That's another one of those where Alabama's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite right now. I've got the game at Pickham. Remember, AM wow. last year, uh, it was at the Alabama two-yard line at the end of the game in a five-and-seven yeah. season with a chance to win down by four, and now they get them at home in College Station where they beat them last time, but I'm not betting against Nick Saban. <laughs> so <laughs> I would have to say I, I picked Alabama to make the playoff just because uh, – he has won one national title when he's been preseason number one. They've been preseason number one each of the last two years. The last time they were not preseason number one was 2020. Bing, national title. Next so I'm not that, that's discount and saving, but I understand your point of view. On paper, you look at Alabama and you say they're very vulnerable this year.
3: Phil, give me some good news on Penn State. P. Rolt here bet over nine and a half wins. I'm went to Penn State. I want Penn State to make the playoffs so bad. I want them to beat both Ohio State and Michigan in the same season. I don't know if it can happen, but they're going over nine-and-a-half season wins, aren't they? I mean, this this might be the year to Franklin gets them into the playoff,
2: right? Like, maybe? Yes. Yeah, yes. I think this might be James Franklin's uh, best team that he's uh, put on the field. Uh, you look at them, they're, they're number 62 on my experience chart. When I went over the team with Coach Franklin, uh, he said the offensive line, is one of the best offensive lines he's had there. You look at them defensively. The thing that stood out to me defensively with this, guys, is their depth. They go three deep at basically every single position on defense. Uh, players like Alonzo Ford, who transfers in from – uh Old Dominion, who is a, a really good player, all-conference type of player there, he's third string. They have a lot of third stringers that are would be starting in a lot of other places. Uh, each of their three units on defense rank in my top five in the front of the magazine. I think Drew Alar steps in and does well at quarterback. And you look at their yes. games this year, the road games are Illinois winnable uh, because Illinois is not up to last year's standards. Northwestern, very winnable. Yes, uh, Maryland, winnable. In fact, Penn yes. State usually travels pretty well there. Yes, And then Michigan State being played in Detroit. The one that stands out is naturally Columbus where they're playing Ohio State. I do think that they probably dropped that game, although they've given Ohio State a great test almost every single year. Mm. They get the big game against Michigan at home. They almost beat Michigan at home two years ago. Michigan needs that late score to pull out the win. So I've got Penn State a favorite in every game Exactly. Uh, I've got the Michigan game at toss up, and I've got Ohio State a dog. But I've got them. Uh, I would put the total at ten and a half for them. So I think nine and a half is a good number to go over. And if they go eleven and one with only a loss at Ohio State, don't you put them in the playoff at the end of the year if they're eleven and one? I hope so. Uh, I, I think you should be on the committee. <laughs> so I like
0: That's good. So let, let's stay in the Big Ten because. I am extremely high on Michigan this year. I think Michigan is going to win the national championship this year because I think the C the the, the C's are right for Michigan, given what Bama's is dealing with, what Clemson's dealing with, what we're seeing with Ohio State. I love the offensive line. I love J.J. McCarthy. I love the fact that Blake Corham's back. I think the defense is going to be extremely nasty. What is your outlook on Michigan this season?
2: Uh, I did pick Michigan to uh, make the playoff this year and uh, win the Big Ten. I got to be honest with you. When I looked at it, I had Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, all within – this gap And I'm like, you know, I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to go with whoever gets the other two at home. Guess what? They all play one of the, the others like, on the road. <laughs> right. So it made, it made it much more difficult for me. Uh, of the three teams, Michigan has the best schedule. You look at their non-conference mm-hmm. schedule. And it, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, give me a break. And then you look at their scheduled in-conference play. Nebraska, Minnesota, Michigan State, Maryland all fall in a winnable category. They get Ohio State at home. And then that Penn State game, as I noted, I rated that one a toss-up. Mm-hmm. I'm really anxious to watch game I think it's going to be just like the last time uh, Michigan traveled to happy Valley but I feel this is Jim Harbaugh's best team they have playoff experience you know they've they've got to the playoff each of the last two years they know what it takes now to, to get the over the hump uh and win it all so I think if Michigan's going to win a national title under Jim Harbaugh this would be the year to do it
3: Took a question here from. Look at him smiling. I don't feel. I wish you could see him smiling. (laughs) Smiling from ear to ear. It's so annoying. Um, So we got a lot of people watching the show live right here. On you know at Boston versus the book, and they're all over the country. We got someone that just. I asked them for a question to ask Phil, and they said, "Do you feel that the Gamecocks can compete in the new look?" SEC. So a lot of people talking about this team like, you know, after their success last season and and when it, can, can South Carolina make some noise in there.
2: Uh, they're going to make some noise, but I don't consider them a legitimate contender in the East. Unfortunately, uh, when I look at South Carolina, I did pick them third. And I think they're a strong pick for third in the East behind Georgia and Tennessee, Okay, but South Carolina lost a lot. They've only got six starters back on offense, four on defense. They're number 82 on my experience chart. And keep in mind last year, in SEC play, they're actually minus 80 yards per game. Now, generally, if you're minus 80 yards per game in conference play, you're something like two and six, right. and they finished four and four last year. They do have the great equalizer, which is special teams. Pete Lumbo's their special teams coordinator. Shane Beamer knows special teams because his dad was there. They had my best special teams in the country last year. They've got my best special teams in the country this year. And if Rattler plays like he did at the end of last year, then they're pretty good at quarterback. But I don't think the overall. Talent is quite there this year. Uh, They do get Florida at home. They do get Kentucky at home, which is why I picked them third. I think they win both those games. Mm -hmm. But I think it's more of like a seven to five year for South Carolina, although Shane Beamer's gone over both his first two years. Remember, I think the over-under total on him the first year was three and a half. They get seven. Last year, what was it? Five and a half, six. I was going to say six.
3: I, they had to go over 500.
2: For yeah, and over. and when they were six and four, you're like, well, they are not going to get there because they've got to play Tennessee and Clemson in That's the final two games. Right. They're going to lose them both, right? Yeah. And then they go and beat them both and, and both. drub Tennessee. So right. Shane Beamer is always going to outperform expectations. So if I project seven for South Carolina, they probably get one more at least. You know, Phil, Georgia has become the new Alabama where they
0: don't, you know, reload or or restock they reload and keep going but what do you make of Georgia this year given what they lost off last year's team the number of first round and second round picks that are off that roster coming back in here is Georgia back in the postseason or is this a window for somebody else
2: let me ask you a question what was uh, Carson Beck's current number for the Heisman Carson, oh let's see, eighteen to one,
3: sir, right now. Same, eighteen to one. Okay. Same. Yep. Yeah, at Fanduel, a little bit higher. Uh, twenty to
2: one at this other book that I'm looking at. But yes. Um, I now last year when I went over, uh, Georgia, uh, you looked at their defense. They lost like eight or nine star, eight or nine draft picks. Most of them first rounders, right? And you're like, what's going to happen? And uh, going over the team last year, their concern was the overall experience level. They said, we like the talent. We're not wild about the we like the depth of the talent, but no experience. Now, this year, they only lose five NFL draft picks. I mean, they go from losing three first-rounders up front to one. So they are actually more experienced defensively than they were heading into last year with less question marks on the defensive side of the ball. They have my number one offensive line in the country. They have my number four set of receivers, number six running backs. Your biggest question would be Carson Beck. However, Carson Beck was my P.S. number six quarterback coming out of high school. He is a guy that is 6'4", 215, and it's his fourth year in the system. He's surrounded by talent. And then look at the schedule, guys. Georgia's going to be a double-digit favorite in each of the first 10 games. So now the big game comes at Tennessee, right? Well, you don't have a first-year quarterback anymore. you got a guy with 10 starts under his belt that's been through the gauntlet. And I think Carson Beck can have a big season this year with that supporting cast. And if you're the quarterback, for the number one team in the country, you have a great shot of winning the Heisman Trophy. You get back to those eighteen to one odds. So I think Beck's right up there with Hartman as far as a value play. I do see Georgia back in the playoff. I believe this team could be just as good, if not better, than last year's team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Whoa. And uh, they're, they're my pick to win it all this year.
1: <sighs>
2: Here we go. Um, <laughs>
3: So another question coming from the audience, this is part of the benefit of the show. To, you know, They fire these questions. I said, ask Phil a question, and they're asking random questions. They want to ask you about Old
2: Dominion. I'm not going to punish no. you and ask you about No, Old you Dominion. can. You can. We talk about Old Dominion. Are you serious? Oh, we'll talk about any team in the country. I talked to uh, every head coach. I talked to every single group of five head coach out there, Spent over an hour going over their team with them. So I can well, talk in length about Jacksonville State if you want to.
3: Well, that's good to know. I looked at the MAC conference because the people love the Maction. They love Tuesday, the Wednesday. Wednesday nights and Wednesday night games late in the season. And so I'm looking at MAC conference championship game winner odds right now Toledo, the number one choice, Ohio, the second choice, and then Buffalo is the third choice, but a long way away. And Miami, Ohio behind them, Eastern Michigan, then behind them. And then there's not even a consideration for any of those other schools. Is it pretty much a done deal that it's going to be either Toledo or Ohio to win that conference?
2: Uh, I really like – I don't like Toledo to win the conference odds because they're too short for me. Yes, But what's your over-under on Toledo? Oh, i got to find that right now. Uh, I'll talk about him while we're going over it, and then I'll give you a long shot uh, for the conference. With Toledo, Jason Candle every year recruits the best talent. He's always bringing in the best recruiting class every year. Last year, they finally played up to that level uh, for the entire year, didn't worry about the injuries. Eight starters back on offense, eight on defense. Daquan Finn, I'm surprised somebody didn't poach Taquan Finn from one of the power fives that needed a QB because this guy's exciting, both running and throwing the football. They're strong in the backfield with Stewart and Kelly. They've got a tremendous receiving core with Maddox, Aziris, and Newton. And uh, the defense is one of the more underrated defenses in the country. I have Toledo actually favored in 11 or 10 and a half games this year. I've got the Miami of Ohio game at up Illinois, they're an underdog. That's why I like the total. I believe it's something like eight and a half. Is that what you found? Uh, there's a nine
3: and I didn't look at the other book. I actually found an interesting bet to go undefeated this season. Vandal has Toledo listed at 31 to one.
2: They're not going undefeated, are they? Um, I wouldn't, I, I think there's probably better odds out there. Uh, the Illinois right. game is going to be tough on the road to start out the season. Okay. And generally if they do go undefeated, that means that at the end of the year, they've got a couple of road games in the Mac on these Tuesday, Thursdays, they'll have their division locked up, which makes the game meaningless. What they did last year is they got to those final two games of Mac play. They had the division locked up and then they rested to Quan Finn. who was banged up and they lost two games down the stretch. So I would not make that, Wager okay. now. If you're looking for a long shot, what are your odds on Northern Illinois this year? Oh
3: wow, I like I'll it. Shot to win that. Con- Let's see. Northern Illinois right now
2: are oh, I changed the page. Let me find it. Da, 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 da. Should be phenomenal. They were three and nine last season, right? Northern Illinois, yeah. yeah. Right here, thirty to one. <laughs> I I I like Northern Illinois chances. I think they have that that, that opportunity. They've got the offensive line. Wow! Uh, Last year they lost a lot of close games. Uh, They it's not like they were getting grossly outplayed on the field. In fact, um, new quarterback. They they were only minus two yards per game in Mac play uh hammock's got one of these things where it's like up down up down they were two years ago they were nine and five last year they dropped to three and nine uh they do have to play toledo on the road but i think Mm. when you look at their schedule if they can pull one of those upsets and northern illinois has pulled road upsets last year they upset both eastern uh michigan and western michigan on the road i think they're worth a look as a long shot in the back this year who's their quarterback is it new no, returning? no, their uh, their quarterback two years ago was Rocky Lombardi from Michigan right. State, and then Lombardi got injured last year, like, right after like three or four games, and and missed the majority of the season. Lombardi's back, so they've got that veteran leadership, and yeah. now there the guys go. that were thrown into the fire like Ethan Hampton and Kremas those guys all have starting experience now, so they're much deeper at the running at the quarterback position, and that was part of their three and nine struggles last year. Yeah, also, last, he, he, last he, he, one for he, me. P-Roll, let me just throw this one in there
3: because, Phil, you're a Cleveland guy, right?
2: That's correct. Cleveland, Ohio, born and bred.
3: I'm born and raised in Pittsburgh, PA. I'm not that I don't like you, but (laughs) Cleveland is one thing and Pittsburgh is another. I don't know if you've heard, but the Browns are wearing these whiteout uniforms three times this season. They're wearing them at Pittsburgh. The uniforms are going to, one, they're going to get very dirty in Pittsburgh, but they're wearing white helmets for the first time in 70 years. And Cleveland, there's a lot of hope in Cleveland. Don't be a Homer Phil, but, but who's going to win more football games this year?
2: The Cleveland Browns or the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I'm going to throw something interesting at you. And that is uh, this college football preview magazine is a labor of love I work on it all year round, right? Yeah. I actually stopped watching the NFL two years ago. I, on Good. Sunday mornings, Sunday, all day Sunday, I actually am watching college football replays, so I don't even look at the NFL anymore. I couldn't tell you very much about the NFL. It's because right. I'm completely devoted to college football. That's why I can talk to you about Old Dominion. Right? talk about their, their left tackle. We can talk about <laughs> Old Dominion's left tackle. But I don't even follow the NFL, even here in Cleveland. I grew up a Browns fan, huge Browns fan, hate the Pittsburgh Steelers, hate the go. rivalry, but I don't even follow the NFL, so I don't know who's going to win more games this Do year. Do you
3: like the Elf? The Cleveland guy, Elf mascot thing. Do you like that?
2: You know, I, I grew up a Browns fan. Jim Brown, uh, you know, was uh, in, I was four years old when Jim Brown was playing. So I was wow. very, very young and just watching him play. I was hooked. The Browns were a, a massive, they were, they were the best team in football from 1950 all the way through 1970, you know, yes. right in that area. And then the Steelers took over after that. But it, I grew up with nothing but Browns dominance when I was a child. Okay. So,
0: so two-parter to, to end it, to end the conversation. The first is, oh, I guess both involving Texas, but this is the last year for Oklahoma and Texas in the big 12. There's a lot of conspiracy theorists in the mid, in the middle part of the country who believe that Texas and Oklahoma may not get a fair shake during big 12 play. And that's why their win total might be a little bit suspect to bet the over. How do you feel about the last year in a conference? That's not too happy to watch them walk to the sec.
2: It's probably, I picked Texas and Oklahoma actually to be in the Big 12 title game this year. Uh, And it is my biggest concern. You go back to last year, I think Texas played Oklahoma State. And I think there was some like 13 penalties on Texas. None on Oklahoma State. You guys ever (laughs) seen a game like that before? Mm -hmm. So you worry about that. Everybody's going to give their best shot to them. Texas has a tough schedule. But if I'm looking at over-unders between the two, let me delve into Oklahoma. What do you got in Oklahoma at right now? Nine and a half? Uh, 10 and a half, no? Okay. No, that's great. Nine and a half or 10. Okay. Okay. Oklahoma, when I went over the team with coach Venables, uh, the defense last year gave up 461 yards per game, 30 Mm. points per game. That is unacceptable to him. He's a defensive coach. He brought in a ton of transfers. His system is complex. He like threw the whole thing at the defense last year and they struggled a little bit. Now they're in the second year of the system. They brought in a ton of transfers. They're going to be much improved there. They've got Dylan Gabriel back at QB when he missed a couple games last year, they struggled. And then uh, the offensive line solid. They are loaded across the board. They play a soft schedule in the Big Twelve, a much easier schedule than Texas does. They miss some of the key teams out there. And in fact, if you go and look at Vegas right now, the games Oklahoma is favored in, they are favored in eleven of the twelve mm-hmm. games this year. Yep. The only game they're not favored in is Texas. So, oh, nine and a half. I'm going. Which go is a
3: neutral site game. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not even a
2: home game, right? Right. So, yeah. so um, I like the over more for Oklahoma, but I think Texas is the better team. But Texas actually is the only team in the Big 12 of the Big 12's top six teams. They're the only one that has to play each of the other top five, showing that the Big 12 is giving them no parting gift. If you're looking <laughs> for the best schedule in the Big 12, go to Oklahoma State. They actually play six teams that were group of five teams last year or non-power wow. five. They, they avoid all the big boys, practically, this year, and get Oklahoma at home. So Oklahoma State might be your value play in the Big 12. Are they a legit?
3: Are they good, though? Feel like, their schedule's good, but are they good? I've been hearing a lot of people keep giving
2: me this Oklahoma State play. Do
3: they are have the talent to win?
2: you got some guy, first of all, Mike Gundy, as the head coach, <laughs> who knows right. how to win. Got a great uh, they yeah. were at one point last year, guys, this team was 7-1. and one. And number nine in the country. And then they just lost their last couple of games. If Alan Bowman does well, and I think he will at the quarterback position, they have talent around them. Now, they're not overly experienced, but last year's defense only had four starters back. This year they have six. Mm -hmm. I think they're improved, especially on the offensive line. A much better offensive line this year. Uh, I've got them a three-point dog at Iowa State a three-point dog at UCF, and a three-point dog against Oklahoma. Those are the only games they have a dog. And three-point dog, guys, yeah. that's basically almost a toss-up game. So I do like the value there on Oklahoma State. And, yeah, Mike Gundy surprised me last year. I didn't think their team would get anywhere near 7-1, and one, and there they were 7-1, and one, number nine in the country. All right, we'll
0: end it with this. I've made one bet so far for college football games. It's week two. Texas at Alabama. I've already taken the seven points here for Texas. I don't think they win the game. I know all the numbers for Nick Saban are ridiculous in non-conference games against his former assistant coaches. All of that. Texas almost beat Alabama last year. They were at home. Now they're on the road.
2: Can Texas keep it close against Alabama in week two? Uh Um, You know, my number on the game was Alabama minus seven. So it's one where Vegas put it exactly where I thought it should be in this one. I think if it's under seven, I'm going to take Bama at home. And if it's over seven, I'd probably lean with Texas right now. They've got the number, which is right where it should be at seven. So I I can't argue with your bet there. But uh, once again, I I can't advocate it either because I got the number at seven.
0: (laughs) Phil, thank you for joining us. If folks want to buy the magazine, where can they go and get it?
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. It's, uh, you know, in years past, you could go all over the place, Walmart, Kroger's, places like that. But this year, it's exclusively at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. Mm-hmm. And then also in Vegas, the Gambler's Book Club. So those would be yeah. the three places to get it. Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and Gambler's Book Club. But also... If you go online at philsteel.com and order it, we're going to charge you a shipping charge for the magazine because it costs to ship things naturally. But we give you the digital magazine for free when you order the hard copy online. And the digital magazine is actually updated all the way through the start of September. So, example, you flip open the digital magazine right now. Who's the coach of Northwestern? David Braun. Hey, you know, my magazine's got Pat Fitzgerald, but it's David Ron. And we circle players as they're out for the year. So mm-hmm. I think you'll find that very useful to get both magazines for the one coast cost. Or, like I said, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Gambler's Book Club are all great places to get it. Phil, thank
0: you for the time. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the season. Should be here before we know it. Hey, thanks a lot. A lot of fun thanks, talking Bill.
2: football with you guys today. Excellent work, sir.
0: Thank you. Great, sir. That's Phil Steele for us here for the Bostonian versus the book. Good to get him on the program to talk college football. It's the only magazine, not the only, it's one of the only magazines, Dave, that I don't want want the digital copy. I want the actual physical copy. Right. I write in it, I circle things. I go, I'm a little bit behind as far as what I normally am. in some of my other breakdowns normally by now on vacation, I've had the magazine I've broken it down. I'm a little bit behind, but I'll start it all coming up in the next week or two. So we'll get really into it and camps open up and we start to see some things, interesting things he said about Oklahoma state. That's something I got to definitely take a look at. That's going to be fun. And then the Notre Dame statement may have been the most surprising of all. I mean, the Irish, we know what the committee does with the Irish. Right, if they're even a little bit close, they're in.
3: Yeah, that's
0: what it is. It's Notre Dame. Yeah. They're close. If the Irish have one loss, they're eleven and one, and they've beaten Ohio State. Fighting Irish are getting in the playoffs.
3: I was pretty impressed with Phil's microphone. And sound that the was, setup was beautiful, right? That was that sounded like he was right in the studio with us. Yeah. That was that was one of the it worked best out well. I, audio. I thought it was
0: gonna be on a cell phone. I was like, I don't know if this is gonna work with a cell phone picture, and they, it
3: worked out really well to talk yeah, to that, him for twenty five minutes. And I gotta give you kudos for pulling it off. That was our first audio, and we were trying <laughs> something new all the time, and it worked. That's People, a curve. If you like the show, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, tell one person about it, please, because mm. we want to keep doing the show and trying new things, and you know, we might be trying it on new platforms and all this other stuff. Come football season. Very true. Very, very Phil, true. There's um, a little too much Notre Dame heavy for me. I thought this is, this could happen. This could happen.
0: I think it's going to be a very, I, this is, I'm always hyped for college football. Yeah. But I think this year is going to be so fun. There are so many interesting, every single team's got a big question. look, when Paul Feinbaum starts to sharpen the knife and he starts talking about Nick Saban's legacy and then how this year is about Nick Saban's legacy. This right. is like Belichick all over again, right? Like, oh, could Belichick not do it without Brady? It's has Nick Saban lost his fastball? Can he work in the NIL era? Has, his, has Kirby Smart passed him by? Is Kirby Smart really the best coach in college football and not Nick Saban? All this stuff is, and I am, fading, I am fading Alabama, so I'm buying right into this. But that makes it such an interesting year when these types of questions are popping up around the country. Irish could be good. Texas could be good. USC could be good. I mean, there's going to be a variety of things. The Heisman Trophy bet he put out there might be the most interesting of all the things he said. Because the Hartman conversation isn't crazy. Look at the Wake Forest numbers he put up. This dude threw for thousands and thousands of yards in the ACC at Wake Forest. And now he's going to an Irish team that's going to run the ball with play action. He'll have wide open receivers all over the place this year. He'll put up huge numbers. Uh, That 18 to
3: one, not bad. (sighs) There was a lot of interesting nuggets that Phil said. And then we're going to have the four teams in the playoff. It'll be damn Georgia and Bama and. Ohio State and or Michigan and, and a fourth team <laughs> Notre name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I it's just it's, the the narratives are so much fun. He talked I mean about the Mac and all this other stuff and it's great. It's such a different. There's nothing like college football. There's n- any of the sports. It's so you can be so into it and yet so regionalized, like right? It's not. It doesn't have to be for everybody, but the people that are passionate about it are very passionate about it. I was excited what he said about Penn state personally. He should
0: be. I mean, I I I, agree. I'm on on nine and a half. Let's go 10 and two. Just can't that Iowa game. Just can't do it. You just can't do it. You can't blow the tire against Iowa. As long as you guys don't do that, you're, you're, you're good. (sighs) The bet rides on Penn State beating Iowa.
3: That didn't even sound right. Like that should be that should I, that, that like I wasn't expecting to hear that on a Tuesday. But this <laughs> but is that's, part of life. This is this is part of the you know we're going to start earlier because Phil can only do this and that. And blah, blah, blah. The season hinges on the Penn State no, no. Iowa game. The Look. bet
0: the bet hinges hinges on it. Your
3: season, the whole hinges, season hinges on it. They
0: can't well, lose I mean that game. I know, but ten and is ten and two a good year? Are you happy with ten and two? If they play, yeah, ten and two would be awesome. Okay, that, that would be great. But I have this argument all the time with uh, with uh, this was in Des Moines. The argument I had with Iowa fans was that they settle for mediocrity. Like, if I if I'm a Penn State fan, I'm not okay with ten and two. I want to be Michigan. I want to be Ohio State. Ten and two is not good enough.
3: Well, yeah, it's not. But at the same time, the Iowa game is the third game of the season, is it not?
0: Um, it's right around there. Yeah. It's early. It's
3: in September.
0: Yeah. It's early late September.
3: Right. And I mean, at school, there's nothing worse than losing one of the first three games. You want to be three and O going into the, like the real games. If they lose the third game of the season with the one loss, I mean, in the past, that was, a, that was a death sentence. You were out. You weren't even considered for anything other than a pretty cool bowl game. Maybe. Right. right. And it was like, yeah, you know, and it was, it was hot. So I don't want this to happen this year. Want to be undefeated, going into the Ohio state game. That's Heck yeah. priority. Number one. Yeah. Heck yeah. Somehow yeah. win that game, insufferable until the Michigan game. If they keep winning, I'm telling you right now. Good. Um, it's going to be fantastic. You should be. Yes. I would go be and lose to Iowa and then lose oh, to Ohio oh. state ugly in Columbus. They have two losses. I'm going to limp into the Michigan game and be like, Smacked. Uh oh.
0: Yeah. I don't want that. You you know what's coming. You're going to get smacked. But that's, I mean, to me, this is what makes it really fun for a lot of the non brand names. Not the Penn State's on a brand name, it is, but it's not in the same ilk of Bama and Michigan. It is. What are you talking about? No, it's not. It's not. You used to be. You're not anymore. But this is Franklin's best team. What do you mean? It's the truth. It's just when it's gigantic. Correct. In Penn State mines. This is like Iowa. Iowa is gigantic in Iowa well, mines. Like like this is the same about? thing. Nebraska is huge in Nebraska mines. It's the same as that thing.
3: Nebraska. Penn State is top five in the country alumni, schools, recognition, all of it. We're Great.
0: Talking. It means nothing on the field. That's all wonderful. It means nothing on the field. You're not in the same category as Alabama and Michigan and Ohio state and even USC. you just, it's, you're just not, I mean, yeah. you guys, you guys think you are, I get it. This is welcome to my radios. This is my radio career. Okay. You think you are. Everyone thinks Iowa fans think they are. Nebraska fans think they are. Nebraska is going to go ahead and pound on their championships and go like, well, we've won more championships than Penn state has. Okay. I get what you're going to say. I understand all of that. You're just not in the same category. There's a very elite group of, of teams that everyone wants to be like and compare okay. themselves to. Who are but those not.
3: teams right now? Who are those teams? Georgia, That's Alabama, okay, Michigan. World. Michigan's Michigan. in the same class as them. Oh yeah, Ohio
0: State. Okay, Michigan is like the lowest one, but they're in the group. Notre Dame. And I put USC most times be just because of their championships recently and what they're able to do recruiting wise and how they are like now. Be-
3: oh, you froze. Look at that face. You should freeze after saying that. <laughs> so those, <laughs> those Look are the, face.
0: those are the five programs that I would put in there. And oh my Lord. And every year there's different. Snap iterations. Your fingers. All right. You're back. Thank you. And, and and every year there's different iterations of teams that want to contend and want to be a part of this, but that's why you just said what you said. Because if Alabama is close, they're in. If Georgia's close, they're in. Notre Dame is close, they're in. If Penn State is close, they're at home.
3: Notre Dame is not even in the discussion, but continue, sir.
0: Oh, no, they are. When they're close, they're in. Everyone knows this in college football. If Notre Dame is 11-1, they're in. Just kind of how it goes. Texas and Oklahoma are right behind. They're right there, and they're going to the SEC to get back to where they were. They've fallen out of that elite group. They want to be back in very quickly. And they can be if they contend in the SEC. We'll see if they contend in the SEC. I'm with Phil. I think I love Texas this year. I'm in on Texas. I think they may even beat Alabama in week two. But in the Big 12, if they're coming down to it's 28-28 and there's a drive happening, the laundry's coming out. The flags are coming. The big 12 is not going to do any favors to Oklahoma or Texas glasses for
3: this. What are you talking about?
0: I, I'm dead. So it feels right. And I'm the same way. You better be careful when it comes to betting big 12 games that matter between Texas and Oklahoma, when they're not playing each other. Okay. They're playing any game of real significance. The big 12 conference is not going to be happy and not going to do these guys any favors on the way out. They hate them. Okay. It was clear at big 12 football media days. This is a cold
3: exit. <laughs> this is not What do you a think warm... this is? Remember the Titans and Cletus is going to throw extra flags? What this the is... hell are you talking about? If
0: you heard Phil Steele say it. It's his biggest
3: concern. What with the Texas hell is Phil talking about?
0: He's right. If you've watched you watch college football, you know this. Conference games involving Texas and Oklahoma against Kansas this year. Watch the games involving Kansas. Watch the games involving Texas where they're, you know, if it's tight at all. They're not getting calls this year and they will have calls be made against them. I'm just cool. telling you it is the it's 18th of July. When I'm talking about this in November, you're going to say, all right, Matt and July mentioned this. It's coming this year for Oklahoma and Texas. Oh my God. Big 12 teams hate them because of what they're doing. They're sending them into a tailspin where they have to go and take Houston and BYU. I mean, these are the teams replacing Texas and Oklahoma, Cincinnati, BYU, and Houston. This is not good for the Big 12. (laughs) Eh, No, maybe more competitive. Okay, that's great. So so Iowa State's going to be more competitive. That's exactly what folks want to hear in Oklahoma. Oklahoma State's like, yay, that's great. Let's go. How happy are we? Oklahoma State's happy. They're going to win a conference now. Okay. And then be left behind because it turns into a group of five conference versus a power five conference.
3: If you go 12 and 0, 11 and 1, you're in. You're in. Next year? Next year? You're in the 18 playoffs. As soon as they get 18 playoffs, when they get there, we're not,
0: we're not, we're not there next year. Next year, the big 12 is going to look a whole lot different. I don't think the the winner of the big 12 next year, running the table gets in
3: automatically An undefeated. Big 12 winner doesn't get in the playoff next year. No,
0: given who they're going to play, they they're going to need to stack their non-conference. They're going to need a big win. I mean, it's going to be problematic in the Big 12 next year. Now, they're they're claiming all of the things. They are a basketball conference now. They are the elite basketball conference. They are the best basketball conference starting next year. There's no debating of that.
3: That's for sure.
0: But that's great. This, is not, this entire thing is not driven by basketball, as we know. See, the Big East. Driven by football. And football is not anywhere near without Texas and Oklahoma in that conference. That conference is weak. It's, I mean, the Pac-12 losing USC... And UCLA to the Big tw- to the Big Ten, that's going to be an interesting look as to whose conference is stronger, the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve. But they're both seriously weak.
3: I'll see. It's going to be hard. I mean, as soon as they keep a, a big an undefeated team out of the out of the playoff, that'll settle all the arguments about moving conferences and all this other stuff. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma are going to become. What are they going to become? Arkansas? I don't know. It's a great question. I mean, like, Every, like everybody in the SEC, it doesn't that doesn't do a damn thing for me. I don't know, but you 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 lived in the SEC, you drank the juice, but you call them out at the right times. Mm-hmm. The SEC is good at the top. It's a lot of mid blah in the middle, and the bottom teams stank. I mean, it just who's, stank. Okay, who's the bottom team then?
0: Who's the bottom? Other Vanderbilt. Who's the bottom team? Well, Vanderbilt's at the bottom. Yes, Mississippi State. But they're well, good every once in a while. Mississippi State can rise and up. Else,
3: well, you know, so is Illinois. It's the same. They're the same. No. No. No, no they're not. They,
0: they're the no. same. No, they're not. They're the
3: they're same not. as Nebraska. Same. Look, at the
0: number of NFL te- look at the number of NFL players produced by Mississippi State versus Illinois.
3: That's a different discussion.
0: No, it's talent. You're talking about talent. It's Who are they? It's a
3: different discussion. Results they're a better team. The field or they're talent. a better team. Mississippi State's a better team but than in, Illinois. In, they're in, a better Prince program. State produces a lot more NFL players than... Those schools? Oh heck yeah!
0: I'm not putting Penn State in a, in an Illinois okay, well, category. Penn
3: State's in a category of all those other schools that you talk about at the top. No, next year, on number yeah. of players next the year.
0: They're next year. Penn State's on the next tier down. I mean, there's no de- Penn State's in a very good class of play of programs in the in, in college football. They're just not in the elite class. They're not in the Alabama Georgia class. So, but they're in a very good class. There's no debating what Penn State's oh, done and what they've the produced. Alabama
3: Georgia class, as far as putting players in and success on oh, the field. and winning. Right? Those yeah, are the best but, teams. Ohio State's it's there. You, you have to put Ohio State in the same conversation.
0: You have to put Michigan in the same conversation. about how many term-
3: championships Ohio State got?
1: Uh,
0: well, I mean, you got to go back to what happened with Urban. But yeah, I mean, it's been a while, but they've won it. I mean, it's not like they have never won it or haven't won it in the last 20 years. They've won it. So okay. it it's going to be fun to see this season how the USC-UCLA situation handled by the Pac-12 and how the Oklahoma Tech situation. That's going
3: to be a mess. Of course. Both, in both money. conferences, both conferences is going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. The big 12 is what it is. I don't know if Texas and Oklahoma leaving and them replacing them and becoming more competitive is oh, going to be a bad thing.
0: Oh, it's a problem. It's a problem for money. It's a problem for eyeballs, problem for TV. It's a huge problem. I mean, it's a I, monster. I
3: mean, it's great for the, for the SEC. They just take on a big school and eyeballs in Texas.
0: Oh, that's recruiting great. like they have two teams in the SEC now in Texas and Oklahoma right
3: above. How's it working out for Texas A&M? Well,
0: no, that's the point. I mean, th- th- this is not I'm not saying Texas and Oklahoma walk into the SEC and do great. OK, I mean, A&M's had a couple of really, you know, Jimbo Fisher may be the problem, but they've had really good talented teams and just haven't lived up to the hype that they should have had. They beat Alabama. I mean, they've had wins like over big programs and beaten Bama right. Texas and Oklahoma joining the sec makes it a more competitive conference, deeper conference and the recruiting, what they want in Texas, they get, which is they can go in there and no longer be you know saying, Hey, play at Texas and play in front of all your friends and family. Cause we play a and M and Oklahoma and Kansas and Kansas state. We play in this generalized region. Now it's Alabama gets to go into Texas and make that argument, saying, "Hey, kid in Dallas, you're going to play in front of your friends and family at A and M, at Texas, Oklahoma. Come to Alabama." So it's
3: Texas going. Alabama I, could recruit anyone at any state, at any school in a
0: Auburn. I'm talking about Auburn. I'm talking about Vanderbilt. I'm talking about oh, Mississippi State. I'm talking about, Miss, talking I'm talking about Ole Miss. Talking all the whole right. program. Everybody can go into Texas now and mine. That's why they got brought in. They want to mine the talent of Texas and take it away from the Big Twelve. I'll be curious not
3: in because they're Texas. They they got the Texas Longhorn Network. They're that's, a gigantic that's, that's amount dying. of money. Yeah, right, but they are a, a damn thing to no. do with the kids in Texas.
0: You're wrong. Is everything to do with recruiting. Is everything to do with recruiting. 100% it is it is the reason why Oklahoma and Texas are joining the SEC. It's why it's everybody wants It has nothing to do with the kids. It's recruiting. Nothing. It's recruiting. They already have they have A&M. They already have Dallas. They have the TV market in Dallas. Okay, talking about the a- SEC <laughs> network, they already have it. They have- Texas the, A&M is in Dallas? They can go and recruit at the same regionalized. They have a Texas affiliate there that they cleared, they can get Dallas games. Yes, A&M being there in Austin, north of Houston, between Houston, a and is between Houston and Dallas. They get both markets when they have a and That's where they took a and I was there when they did it. They took A&M because they get both TV markets for the SEC network when ESPN was starting it. Mm-hmm. That's why they grabbed it because where a and is in college station is right between the two cities. So they got it. So it's not money. Okay. They already have it. This is about the ability to recruit these areas and to essentially start the path towards a power conference, four of them of 16 teams. That's what they want. So every conference is going to be the big 10 is going to have to figure out whether they want to play the game or not because academically UCLA and USC make sense. Nebraska academically made sense. Rutgers academically made sense. So they sold it both ways, TV and academics. They want this AAU accreditation. It's a big deal to the Big Ten folks, okay? They may have to take a school or two that they don't really want if they want to go to 16. Who that will be? We'll see. It could be Kansas. That's possible. There's been a lot of rumblings about Kansas going to the Big Ten because they're an AAU school and they're great at basketball and football is on the come up. But Kansas State and Missouri, that whole conversation, how that goes, because Kansas joined the SEC, Missouri won't like that. Conference realignment is the lifeblood of talk radio. and has been now for 10 years for, for talk radio in that part of the country. They love getting into this. Power five is going to be gone soon. It'll be a power four. Huh. And then we'll have, they'll leave the NCAA. They'll have their own bylaws. They'll pay the players and they'll have their own TV networks.
3: Be a minor league. Correct. An official minor
0: league. Uh, I don't know about official, but it will be as close to as could be.
3: Yeah. It's, it's going to be a pay for play they're going to charge an exorbitant amount of money for the fees for the games and if they already yeah. are right yep it's they're all just going to control it all. I they mean, don't want to share it anymore i mean they they don't they, sh- yeah nobody wants to share anything yeah, That's part they of they want to keep it all yep they want to yeah. keep it all for themselves
0: they don't want to share it that's yep. why the NCAA tournaments there's a lot of talk about that splintering and becoming maybe two tournaments Ugh. so you know, not Ugh. going to one twenty eight but going to sixty four two, sixty four team tournaments, the power Five teams get theirs or the power four teams get theirs, and everybody else goes somewhere else with the a a They're diluting the whole hundred percent we're in a we are in a if you've been around it for a long oh. time and talked to the people who have been it from the start, we have never been in a more precarious position for the future of of collegiate athletics than we are right now. This whole thing could fall apart. I mean, Liv Dunn is making so much money right now in the NIL world that she has started an advocacy advocacy group for other teammates on how she's starting an agency, basically, to help other athletes get paid, to teach them how to do it. She started a small business off her NIL to make more money as she wants kids to pay her. I'm going to help you make more money. I'm going to take a cut of what I'm going to make you. (laughs) Because she's making millions on this. She's a gymnast from LSU. It's bizarre. (sighs) This is not what they thought of when they came up with these ideas of what name, image, and likeness was going to look like. They've started all these little, I mean, I was there over the weekend watching. It was a 19-year-old kid who was working for an AAU team who they paid his travel, and they paid him a salary to shoot all their content.
3: Yeah.
0: All their video. All their pictures, all their Instagram, all of it is run by this 19-year-old kid. Yep. It's, in, it's incredible the industries that are popping up all from these different you know, people who are interested on the Internet of what these kids are going to wind up doing. Yeah. It's a weird time.
3: It's uh, it's not long-term thinking, I can tell you that. there There's a lot of short-term thinking in that, and it's like, Fair. that's fine. Grab it while you can because it ain't going to be there long. It's 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 all going to but we'll see where college football ends up. I don't know.
0: I, I hope it's still here. How about that? Let's just don't. We're already messing with it a lot, but it, it needs to be there because we've talked about this before. If I'm picking between a college football game or an NFL game, going to a college game almost every single time.
3: Yeah. Uh, so
0: much better. It's I mean, so much more fun.
3: Phil Steele just admitted he hasn't watched an NFL game and this will be his third year. Hasn't even had an interest in watching it. Grew up a Browns fan and Jim Brown fan, and I mean, it's at some point a lot of people are doing that.
0: Well, it, it, I grew, I mean, in the SEC, that's the norm. Sunday is not a Sunday is not football. Sunday is just a day to go to church and go do stuff around the house. <laughs> You're not watching football. That's it's college. It's Saturday. Saturday it's is such
3: a different vibe too. Now, even like in the books, like it. It. I. I was saw The last year I was in there. It's been. It was, this will be your number three that I haven't been working in a book. Um, And I said it the last couple of years, like the momentum and atmosphere is so different on Saturday than it is on Sunday. And I think it's being reflected. I mean, and, and you see it in handle numbers, you see it in just interest content. I mean, our next story is about another thing that's lost value in the NFL. I can't believe it.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll do that in a second, but first we got to do this. This was beautiful last night. I mean, this is just this is just beautiful. Otani ties the game with his 35th home run, and the guy's now figuring out the swag game. Because oh, the bat figured it out. He just doesn't do it very often. That bat flip was unbelievable. It was perfect. Hits the thing, and the ball wasn't that far out, by the way. He it didn't like go way out. Like it almost. I was like, Otani, you sure that thing's gonna leave the yard? He
3: knew it was wrong. Yeah,
0: he flips it. Yankees blow a lead. It was, I was on sports grid last night. It was zero, zero in the seventh inning. The Total was three and a half. Yep. And I was like, this game's going over. I was like, yep. come on guys, this game's going over four, three final flew over three and a half. But you look at the pitching. Some guy who I had never heard of for the angels struck out 12 batters in 120 pitches against the Yankees and shut them out for seven innings. It was good. Uh, Channing, Canning. Yeah. Where did did that come from? Because his previous two starts, he'd given up four, I think, five and six earned runs. And he comes in and blanks the Yankees. And then the Yankee bullpen blows the game. Severino pitched very well himself. He was really good, too, for the Yankees last night. And then their bullpen. The Yankees
3: swing and miss at a lot of pitches as a team. It's not, that's not surprising. The fact that they blew another lead not surprising Hmm. like last place surprising it's well it's real (laughs) uh you know there's there's a lot of people back there there's a lot of people here that watch the show that are yankee fans that are going um what are they going to trade for otani for because they're not going to make the playoffs anyway
0: this is what I was saying this morning, because Jason McIntyre, who I like a lot, is on Fox Sports today, and he's saying the Yankees are automatically the favorite if they get Otani.
3: And I'm favorite like, to do what? Win, win the issue? No,
0: win it all. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I said, that's not even like logical that's not a logical argument, guys, that they're not better than the Braves. Not, with Otani, the Yankees are not better than the Braves. It, they have more problems than just one, I guess two players, I guess what Otani is, but they have bigger issues than just that. Oh, they get Judge back, Mac. I don't care if they get Judge back or not.
3: They got to get Judge back. Otani's best player in baseball, right? Yep. He's that much better with Judge in the lineup. That becomes very scary lineup-wise. Of course it, changes it does. changes everything. But it doesn't make them a favor in my mind to win it all. All due respect, I don't know how many times Jason McIntyre has been in a sports book, let alone made numbers. <laughs> Jay, I've done shows with you. I'm not disrespecting you. I'm just saying it's that's a great hot take for somebody who hasn't taken a bet. You you, you don't, the Yankees, they're not the favorite to win it all. To win it all, I don't even know if they're the favorite. Well, they're probably the favorite to win a division because people are going to bet them.
0: Right. But do they catch the Rays? I don't think they catch the Rays.
3: I don't know if they catch the Orioles. Fair.
0: Yeah. With where they are. Right. I, I don't think they make the move. I, I don't think the Yankees are going to do it. I, I don't think the Yankees would put, I mean, you have to do it. You have to, it will save the season. What if you do it and it doesn't work? You give up all that capital to go and get them. And then you don't win it all, or you
3: don't even, you know, go deep in the playoffs with them, which is There's possible. Two different trade markets for Otani developing. The actual rental is yeah. becoming a real possibility. Mm-hmm. And then the Rays are my number, the Rays are
0: my number one in that market.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's the, there's a lot of good things being discussed and heard and written about and talked about of him being a rental. So that's actually happening. I didn't think that was a possibility. I thought Artie would keep him rather than do that. But it's becoming a viable possibility that someone may actually pay the price that they want or need to do this. So. And they can still try to make an effort to resign if they do that with that Mm -hmm. intention, they can Mm -hmm. tell them, look, we're trading you to get you a bunch of better players to then bring you back and give you a billion (laughs) dollars to stay and play with trout. Right. Okay. So that's possible. The other thing is trading for him with the intention to sign him, like make the pitch over the next two and a half months as we play games in August, play the games in September, make the playoffs, make the run, ideally, you know, get to the World Series. I, it's, it's not happening with the Yankee lineup the way it is. It's just not. It's not. Now,
0: there's a hook that I did not think of until last night. And the guest that was on Sports Grid brought this up
3: and I went, whoa. It froze again. Look at that face. you back. back? Now you're back.
0: Hello. I did not even realize this until this morning. Pardon? Mm-hmm. MLB.com put this out because I heard it last night and I was like, wow. Because the line was Aaron Judge and Shohei Artani dating back to last year are even with each other from home runs last year at the All-Star break to now. They're even. Ooh. And I went, interesting. Well, it's worse than that if you are looking at this from a Yankee standpoint, because the angels could keep him. And I was like, no way. Here's the thing. Otani has 34 home runs, now 35 home runs.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: 73 RBIs. Judge through 94 games, 34 home runs, 73 RBIs. Uh huh. Judge batting average, 282. Otani 301. Mm-hmm. On base percentage, 366, 386. Mm-hmm. 619, 665. Otani's numbers are better right now then what's going on? Could you see the Angels keeping Otani because he might go for the record for the American League home run record?
3: I mean, maybe. Who knows what's going on under those offices? But like him challenging for the record is going to draw a ton of eyeballs to Angel games. They're going to break in nationally and every at-bat and they're going to do everything they did with Judge last year. And it became a very, I don't know if it was a, it was a gigantic localized story because it was New York, oh, but then we because- talked about it.
0: Yeah. The people in New York really cared about it nationally. It was like, okay. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. It was, they eh. were
3: breaking into college right. football games. Yes. So remember that? Right yeah. ESPN that. got so much heat for that. Right. Right. Yeah, right. It was like, <laughs> guys, relax. Stop. I mean, yeah. It's September baseball. And uh, yes, it's because he's breaking the all time record. I want to see it, but I'm a, a baseball fan. Right. You know, so I, I don't know how many people are exhausted with baseball by (laughs) September that want to see it. It's going to draw eyeballs. Now, do you keep them on a team if you're losing games because of of it? Think about it. The ballpark is full every night. They got the Yankees right now. They got the pirates over the weekend and they have, um, I believe Kansas city after the pirates, Mm. the angels. This is, they can win the next, I, I I said it yesterday or the day before, I, they can win eight of the next 10 games eight very easily and bring games. themselves back into the mix, which would lead right up to the trade deadline. And I'm going, we're going for it. We're going to try They're to make 47
0: and 48 at the moment. Yeah. So their, their games leading up, it's at the tigers at Toronto. So they go Yankees pirates at home. Uh-huh. At Detroit, at Toronto. Oh, at Detroit. Okay. And then yeah. Monday, May 31st, it's at Atlanta.
3: July 31st.
0: After July 31st. Yeah. <laughs> their schedule is absolutely brutal, Dave. They play at Atlanta, uh huh, home for Seattle, uh huh. Home for San Francisco, at Houston, at Texas, home for Tampa, home for Cincinnati.
3: Well, they better decide right on July 31st. That ain't going to be an easy August. That's for sure. They're going to get smoked in August. They're going to get absolutely
0: housed. Oh, my. They play the Mets, then the Phillies, then the Oakland A's into September. And September is okay. It's not great. They play... At the A's, then they play Baltimore for three, Cleveland at home for four, then at Seattle, Detroit for three, at Tampa for three, three for the Twins, and then the end of the year, three games at home against Texas and Oakland at home to end the season. I mean, there's a lot of Texas, Tampa Bay, Houston in that. Seattle. Yeah,
3: our, boy, our, our boy Big Bidness is going to have to you know, have to beat the Angels to, to, to maintain that division. Uh, And what Texas is doing. So, wow.
0: Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Trade Otani. Do not choke on that. Trade Otani. Brigade Proxy Service. You guys can send us a text message to sign up 702-570-8255 or at Brigade Proxy on Twitter or BrigadeProxy at gmail.com. If you're coming in for some of these contests, feels like this weekend might be a little bit of a quieter weekend from a travel perspective. feel like everyone's coming in August now. It feels like it's all getting loaded up in the first three weeks, four weeks of August. Everyone will be coming in, but if you guys want to make an appointment, sign up with us for the Brigade Proxy service, please do so. Get on our radar screen, text, email, or DM on Twitter at Brigade Proxy. Okay, yesterday, none of the three running backs got tagged. They could have been tagged. Saquon Barkley, not tagged. Josh Jacobs reportedly was in his car in 118 degree temperatures waiting outside the Raiders facility, hoping for his agent to get the deal done. That's how close they were to getting a long term deal. And they didn't do it. Never got out of the car.
3: Keep the AC on at least.
0: Yeah, or otherwise, you're going to die. <laughs>
3: like You have no choice. Yeah, you, you, you turn the air off and leave it in the sun for 118 <laughs> for like five minutes. You get back in, it's 150 in the car.
0: Yeah. Well, everyone was doing the cooking of the egg on the cast iron pan on top of the hood, and that all stuff was was going on all over Vegas. So that's how close they were to getting the Josh Jacobs deal done. The running backs are now talking and talking out. Last night. We saw a comment come from Derek Henry, basically saying that they should take away the running back position because nobody cares about it. So why even have it? And then Austin Eckler is asking for a meeting with ownership, when on CBS Sports Radio and said from a player's aspect, we have no control. I have no control. So really, we want answers from is the ownership. Like, why are we doing this? What's the reason? Like, aren't you interviewing them about it? How many owners have you talked to about this? Zero. He, he believes he goes, it's a new trend. Like, Oh, let's not pay these guys. I don't know. Maybe they're just testing us. Like, Hey, let's see what happens. But you know, you poke the bear and you're going to make some of us have to do something. What are you going to do? Like what, what, what can running backs actually do in this situation? If they're saying to you, the market is X, and we're going to pay X, and we're not going to invest big money because there are 15 different guys on the street we can bring in that can do it at 85% of what you're doing for a lot less of a price. There's no recourse here. Like, you can be mad, you can kick sand, but what? It, what you can't do anything about this, right? You should probably
3: become a content guy. <laughs> he
1: you is a say. content I mean, guy. It's, just, it's, just, it's <laughs> the is same content situation
3: guy. we're in. Like, that's, right. the, that's just the same exact same situation we're in. Like, you can be... Really good at this, you can have a big forum, you can do this, and they tell you what the price is. Right. I mean, you have no you take the price and play, or you go just like else. start giving out picks and <laughs> you doing content, do fantasy right. content. Austin, right. see what you can do. Like doing it. <laughs> it stinks, <laughs> but you still need running backs to play football. I yep. think, don't you, you know, think? Of course, of course.
0: But how they're used in the way that they're used. They get, this is like, I, I, a running back is akin, And I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but just let me play the analogy out. It's like a NASCAR tire. Okay. You put it on, you run it really hot and really hard. And then you put a new tire on. It's not great. You blow through tires fast, but that's what teams do with running backs. You get three years. They burn them fast. You know, it's hot. 85 90 degrees outside yeah. temperature the rubber melts it you know that you see the the whole grade you see the whole the wiring everything comes out of it yeah. or it blows out entirely and blows everywhere and causes a huge car crash like right. that's what the running backs position really has become in the nfl they'll go get another one <laughs> like after they get what they need of you go get another one well so they, they're not drafting them in the first round anymore because of the four-year contract right and they want the ability to move off of you. And if you're hot in the star running back on the team this year, doesn't mean you're the star running back on the team next year. And it's just the cold reality. Yep. It stinks, but there's nothing you do about it. It's, you know, it's capitalism in a lot of ways. I don't think there's, there's collusion going on. I don't think the NFL is calling up going like, Hey, don't pay that guy. Like, I don't think that really is going on. And they're still getting paid a lot of money. The owners talk to each other. I mean, don't, don't pretend it's not going on. I don't just, think they're colluding to not pay the running back position per se. I think they'd rather pay nobody anything ever. Like they don't want to pay course. anybody. Right. <laughs> so yeah, the running backs are just one of, you know, because a lot of players are available. There is a glut. the supply and demand flow is bad for running backs.
3: Saw it happening in fantasy football when I was still playing fantasy football and drafting teams, and I started drafting all wide receivers, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't need a running back till late. I'll just pick up the same guy. Like There was one or two guys that you maybe thought you needed. I mean, back in the day, you had to have two. They were the first pick and the second pick. If you were drafting a team, usually first and second round, let's get me two running backs so I don't have to look at it again. It was so valuable. The top guys were that much better than everybody else. What's a top guy worth now? Uh, it's, th- th- there's not that gap. A lot of guys are, like you said, a NASCAR tire is a tremendous analogy. Kind of brutal if you're running back. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I mean. I mean, I mean to be disrespectful, but that's kind yeah. of what, what it is. Ay, ay, ay. And I mean,
0: look, $10 million on the franchise tag is nothing to scoff at. I mean, it's not like you're making $10. You're making $10 million. So- it's a little hard to cry can poverty. I make
3: 50. Right. But I mean, it's, I get it. It's all in the if scale. If I don't walk for the quarterback as the running back and I don't pick up the blitz, you don't get the money. You get knocked on your ass. True. I mean, it's important.
0: True. But that's why the average fan has a hard time really listening. Right. Like, uh, oh, you're making $10 million this year. Yeah. I feel so badly for you. Oh, yes. okay. You're going to yeah. cry. Like yeah. it's it's hard for the average guy to, you know, go work a nine to five and hear Austin Eckler talk about collusion. And what are you making? Um, Yeah. Please stop. You're playing, you're playing a kid's game. Please stop.
3: That goes for all of sports though. Like, yep. Money has, has completely outpaced the, everything The the nine to five guy or girl it's, you can't look at the money. If you true. look at the money, you don't want to watch sports. <laughs> That's true. All
0: right. You talked about it. There it is.
3: Look at these things Where's as
0: the new all white uniform put out by the Cleveland Browns today.
3: They're going to wear these three times.
0: First Wait. reaction is what? What do you think about these?
3: Well, our friend Ralph Michaels sent me a text, tagged me in the tweet. It's the first time they're wearing a non brown helmet in 70. 70- years wow Okay. It's, it's, it's crazy to even think about that. Do you think the awesome. Brown's
0: orange or the Brown or is it Brown? Because the, the helmet really is orange. It's, it's orange. I mean, let's keep so it real. It's, it's orange. orange, right? It's not, it's not a Brown color.
3: It's an orange. You have color, to be fr- very careful. The way you say it. these Cleveland people get very, very, but
0: it's different. not Brown. It's it's an orange. I know you're the Cleveland Browns for Paul Brown. I get it. But the, the color is orange. The helmet is orange. So you the first orange. time since 1970. You're not wearing an orange helmet. You're wearing a white helmet. Just on the look, they're clean as hell. Yeah. They look really bad. nice. They look nice. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I like the look. Now, practicality-wise, if they play in the weather, <laughs> it's going to look a little funky because they're going to be black. By the end of the game, they're going to be brown and black.
3: Yeah. So week two at Pittsburgh. Okay. That's a Monday night. And Ralph did say it's the first time that Browns will wear non-orange helmets. Uh, okay. Okay. So we can say orange because. One L. Brown. One so, L. At lose Pittsburgh. Loss. Home against San Francisco in week six.
0: Oh, mama. Who's the quarterback for the Niners? That's hard. That's. A,
3: I'll say win In week 17 at home versus the Jets on Thursday night. When? Two and one. Two and one. I'll go one and two. Okay, I go two, two and one with the record. With they the, may with the beat the Steelers on the road. I oh, don't think so. No, but then they'll lose the other two. I like, I like the Uni. I think the uniforms are nice. Stormtroopers <laughs> that says when they wear all white. Oh. You know that says I've heard the stormtrooper reference already. Does um, anybody else wear all white in the NFL? That's sometimes they do that. Uh, the Packers did it what last year, year before? Oh wow, really? The color rush, yeah on. On one of the weeknight games. I hate or, Color Rush.
0: I hated the Color Rush uniforms. I was not a fan of them at all.
3: Oh, yeah. The, the Packers were all white. And okay. Someone else. Guys, I remember, in a, if you were in the chat, just put it in there, uh, if you remember. But these are these are different than Color Rush. This is three. This is their alternative uniform. This
0: is the third uni. So this is different than Color Rush. Color Rush was, yeah, one, week, it's it was the, one week a year that they ran
3: it. Right. Now they're doing it three times.
0: Yeah. Now this is an alt uniform. This is something they're going to wear multiple times.
3: They're going to do all. They're bringing back a lot of the alt uniforms. Houston's going to wear the or the I think it's the Texans or the Titans. Well, who's wearing the old Houston Oilers uniform? They're wearing the baby Texans. blue. Texans are. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Buccaneers bring back the creamsicle with the helmets. The whole thing. Did you hear that about Brady? Do you hear that rumor? No.
0: What? So Brady has told the Bucks that if they're going to sell Tom Brady uh, creamsicle creamsicle uniforms, yeah. He wants a cut of it, which is making people believe that he's going to be an active player again, which is he's going to come back because he's saying he wants to, in order to use his image and likeness, he wants to be involved with it. I guess there's some way of like being an active player. So the rumor, the Brady rumor is back about him playing this year. It's already because of what he's said about the creamsicle uniform being sold with a Brady 12 and Brady on the back.
3: I should. Not. <laughs> the divorce thing, like you've lived it basically through you, through uh-huh. your brother and stuff. Like you got to find alternate means of income, I guess, and everything. Well, like, you know, he difference. did
0: lose $30 million in the.
3: Tom, <laughs> you don't need to buy for the uniforms. Seriously. He lost a lot. What is he doing? Though. He lost a lot of money, though. He's worried about his name on the creamsicle uniforms. Tom, yep. seriously, Tom. You don't need to come back and play and you don't need the money from the cream sickles. Okay. Serious. Stop. I love the cream sickles though. They're great. I agree. They're phenomenal. Every time I wear mine, I, people stop. Where'd you get this? What is, I, you know, I love it. It was one of my favorite uniforms of all time. Still is. I'm mm. so glad they're bringing it back. Mm. Leave Tom out.
0: of it. I would agree. Okay. Let's run through a couple of these. We have to do the whole show inside of our sports grid window. X4. actually. Uh, a pro soccer team in Arizona wants to be a book. Why?
3: <laughs> Why?
0: It's a second. It's not MLS. It's like, the, it's like the tier below MLS. Even better. But there's three applications that have been made that have been pushed in yeah. for running a sports book. And one of them is the pro soccer team in Phoenix.
3: I was going to run this by you in addition to trying to set up like a BVB brigade weekend and all this stuff in Vegas. Yep. We should apply for the license in Arizona. Run a book. <laughs> Why? everybody the soccer team is gonna do it we're qualified to do it you are i'm not but yeah okay <laughs> well what the hell we could do it we could run we if we can if anybody wants to put us on as the consultant list we'll do the bvb book in oh arizona Can you imagine <laughs> it would be amazing what what are you laughing at uh
0: what we would the handle it? be it would be phenomenal I want to know what the handle is going to be for a pro soccer team running a book. Who's the Who's the head? Uh, I want to know who's running the lines. <laughs> I want to know who, the, who why are why
3: they they why why would they even think about doing this? Why?
0: Don't know. It's a great question because it's some way of getting their games having lines. I guess maybe because people you, who's making lines
3: on second tier pro soccer I'll in America make the lines for the second tier soccer games. <laughs> you gotta, it's a consulting fee. You don't do it for free. Oh so God! We'll make the lines. I'll go down. Fly us down, we'll watch training camp, we'll scout out the soccer, we'll talk to soccer experts, we'll make numbers, no problem. It's no problem. Got to pay. We don't do that. Sorry, Will, we don't do that shit for free, but we can do it. I just can't believe they want to run a whole book. Like, what are they going to do? Put lines out on Wimbledon, too? They're going (laughs) to put out lines. They're going to take golf bets, the Open Championship this week. All the snipers looking to pick you off with those numbers. Sure, let's open a book. What are you talking about? (laughs) Good luck. Uh,
0: Over 10,000 players played the World Series of poker here in Las Vegas, up from 8,000 in 2016, the previous high. It's crowded as hell down there. 35 year old from Atlanta won the World Series of poker, won the the final table yesterday. What does that say about poker? Because this is the big argument going on right now. And I guess Tyler could comment on this more than we can because he played in it. But there's been this big push that poker is coming back and that people in the poker community are saying you're getting caught up forget it just because we had a record number of people playing in the world series of poker does not mean that the country we're going to see a big push to get poker back the way that it was multiple states being online multiple places where you can really play
3: it do you buy it big events are getting bigger Hmm. individual events but as a whole, no, I don't buy the poker's bigger. Okay, like, and that's that I say this about the sports book. Sundays are great. Right. Okay. They're it's it's a different thing. And Saturdays are even better. College football, the, the days in the book, Saturdays are bigger. Mm. Okay. Right. But it's open Monday through Sunday. During the week, it's very quiet. Poker games exist every day in a mm-hmm. lot of places, mm-hmm. and it's light. I, I, I'm with, and I'm listening to the poker people, but seriously, you know some poker people, right? I know yeah. some poker people. They're not always in the best mood, these poker people. They, <laughs> they badmouth everything. They're very down on everything. They downplay everything that they do except when they win a bracelet or make a big score <laughs> on, on a game. Everything's bad. Everything's mopey. I can't believe they did this. It's always negative. So I don't expect anybody in the poker world to say, poker's booming. You should get
0: in. 2006, 8,700 players. This year, 10,000, over 10,000, vying for 93 million plus. 12.1 million got won by Daniel Weinman. I think as I'm saying, right? Weinman. Okay. Winning, the, winning 35-year-old from Atlanta. Winning the final table. Taking it home uh 3 million to the second place prize i mean seventh player seventh place got paid out 1.42 million it's not bad second place was 6.5 million third place was 4 million it's not bad <laughs> to come in the final table you're taking home a big check
3: oh that's a huge payout it's it's great for it's it's great for the event mm-hmm I was down there multiple times to say hello to people and meet people and there's so many moving parts to pull that thing off and make it a positive experience for $10,000 and sometimes for people two hours. <laughs> like You can buy it and be, be eliminated literally in two hours. You're, you're done. Ten times, gone. Kaput. So I don't know I'll be interested to see. It was just like the perfect time for traveling and all this other stuff. I mean, it was booming here. It's been booming. People are coming for a lot of different things. I'll see next year if the follow-up occurs, right? like Would you say right now more or less people in the World Series of Poker next year? I'll say more. I mean, I
0: think, okay. it, I, th- I think it will grow. The horseshoe just rebranded everything. So I think from what I heard from people that it's a more enjoyable experience because the property has upgraded. So it's, it's nicer. So it's not yeah, at it, the Rio it's upgraded.
3: It's so up- it's upgraded. So, I so I think, I don't know if it's putting lipstick on a pig. you've It heard might be, impression? but I know people
0: who said like, okay, from the Rio to horseshoe, they like location better. Way better. It's 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 easier to get there.
3: Way better.
0: So I I think they'll go back and tell people in their hometowns about it. And I think I think there will be more people interested coming in next year. But your point about the event situation, just because more people come play in the World Series of poker doesn't mean there's a boom coming back for the game of poker across the country. Right. That's that that I agree with. Yeah, yeah. that I think is is there's poker
3: rooms all over the country. Right. I don't think this is gonna make them open more. No, you know, like Moneymaker, Absolutely. I mean, it's just
0: like the contests that we're doing, right? This is just the contests that we're doing. Moneymaker changed everything because ESPN put him on. He was an average Joe. Who the hell is Chris Moneymaker? He wins the World Series of Poker and everybody wanted to be Chris Moneymaker for a while. Same thing happened with Damon Graham, the barista here who won the Westgate super contest. Everybody wanted to be Damon Graham. Like it, it's and we've seen things change in different iterations, but like there's not more of these contests around the country happening because of Daniel Graham. It just made the contest here more popular. Correct. So, so the World Series of Poker being good makes our event bigger, but doesn't mean doesn't mean somebody in like you know Starkville, Mississippi, is wanting to go play poker more often because of it.
3: Why'd you pick Starkville, Mississippi? I don't
0: know. Just grabbed a random town, just a random a, a random place. You got guys
3: that listen to the show in Starkville, Mississippi,
0: we do. Yes, can we, can we stop the cowbells? Can we get rid of those things and not have those exist anymore? That's their thing. What do you? Why would you want it, to stop? It's it the only thing, and I can't stand it. Go Rebels. Ole Miss, baby. All day.
3: What are you doing
0: right now? (laughs) I'm picking between schools. I'm (laughs) looking Ole Miss every damn day. Whose
3: side of the platter are (laughs) you on?
0: On the Omaha side. Always have been. (laughs) All right. Better to book at times. You guys are getting the full show today on Sports Grid. So, uh, the Red Sox, I'm going to bet the Red Sox run line, they have yet to, again, list a starter. It's nearly noon Doesn't Pacific matter. time. What are they doing? Doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. Red Sox housed Doesn't them 7-0 their last bigger night. Bigger
3: favorites. To undecided today is a bigger favorite than it was yesterday. Undecided.
0: Nick Pavetta set the record for a relief pitcher in Red Sox history. Struck out 13 A's out of the bullpen last night.
3: Who started the game? Vinnie Barbarino?
0: Just a guy went one inning and then Nick Pavella came in and t- took it, took over and went Sorry. the rest. So he was, under, he was, he name, was a I'm- reliever in, in name only. Like it was not really a reliever, <laughs> it was the opener. I have no clue why they the Red Sox are doing the raise thing, but they're now copying the raise.
3: Oh, it's working. And they're gigantic favorites today. It's the Red Sox run line. The A's are so bad. I feel From bad. here,
0: look, I know I did it in the month of June, but right now, until the trade deadline, I think you just blindly fade the A's until the trade deadline. They don't want to be there. They all want to be, they all want to go somewhere else. They they they're all hoping to go somewhere else. They don't want to be any part of each other. There's not a team there. There's about nine guys individually playing baseball.
3: It's so bad because like the kids are into they they the, the A's caught up a couple aviators that the kids yep. know from following and watching and all this stuff. So they're watching the A's games every night. <laughs> Kylie said to me yesterday, Torture. can we fly up to Oakland and see a game there? There's nobody there, you know, and she likes like two of the players. I don't nice. know how well she likes them, but I mean she likes them. Right. And like, sort of, mm. I mean, you're gonna be 20 years old. Why do you like him? Because he hits the, the ball to the other side of <laughs> or, or is there another reason? It's a right. very important question, but she wants to go up. And so we're watching these games, and they're not competitive, they're just, not even close. And I feel bad. Like Zach Geloff is his name. She's yeah. just the number one fan of his fan club. Okay. And I'm like, Kai, can we put on another game? Like, let's put on another game. She's like, well, I want to see. He's, he got to hit his first at bat. I'm like, oh my God. Red Sox run line, easy. Come on.
0: Padres, Blue Jays, first five, money line Padres, minus 130.
3: Wow. Musgrove. Yep. You like the Padres? I'm fading Manila. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I just. I don't ah, think that. I think that crap. first start. I think that it's first. It's minus one third. Last night this line was one ten. Pick them. It's minus one thirty five. Padres. Padres are minus yeah. one thirty five. What's the first five money line now? Holy crap! First five is minus one forty. Okay. Minus 144, minus 130. I'm not buying, I'm not buying the Manoa
0: thing either. He had one good start, came back. It was against Detroit. This is a real lineup he's facing now.
3: So you want to lay juice with Sandy Diego mm-hmm. on the road. Yep. All right, we'll book that one. Okay.
0: Braves D backs first five over six, minus one fifteen.
3: First five is
0: six. It was five. Where's this
3: game on the moon with no gravity? (laughs) It was
0: five and a half. What the hell's going on? So it was five and a half minus one forty-five, or six and minus one fifteen. So I'm I'm gonna have a push potential here with six, and say okay, fine, made three three and it pushes, but I'm going over. Braves are the number one team still in baseball. First five, they're averaging three point seven runs per game in the first five at home and the D backs on the road averaging 2.8 runs per five Holy per first crap. five
3: times. They are changing. We got a six in a game where the total is <laughs> 10 one. and a half, 10 and a half, 10 it's 10 or 10 and a half. It's 10 and a half everywhere except circa. Yeah. it's ten and, a half. and that's not even the highest first. Five total of the day. <laughs> offense. Houston's offense, playing Colorado. Colorado has undecided pitching for them. And it's seven. It's like <laughs> football numbers. The total in the game's is 11 and a half. And the first five is seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the
0: hell to do with this six. Because look what happened in the Dodger game last night. It was six, four after seven. And then the game ended six, four. Right, 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 right. I'm not playing around. I had the Dodgers over nine and a half. I got four, two, it was a fortuitous grand slam for the Dodgers last night.
3: <laughs> I want to thank Mr. C. He just came in and said the guy's name was Brenna Bernardino. Learn oh. the name, Dave. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. C. God, um, Diamondbacks, Braves, first five over six. It's a lot of runs. Is it not? It is, but it's D backs.
0: It is the Braves and the Braves score a lot of runs early. All right,
3: I'll book it. I, I just, as a principal, principal book it, I'm going to book a six. <laughs> oh yeah. See what happens. It could be, could be very bad. It might be four, three after four innings.
0: Yes. Very possible. Very, 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 very possible. Yeah. Given, given the weather, given the ballpark, given the lineups that All are right. going to be out there. Uh, okay. We'll let go of sports. Great. The do favorite thing about today in bonus time sports. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. You guys are live on YouTube and live on Twitter. Do not move time for bonus time. <laughs> It's time for favorite thing about today. What is that?
3: Whew. I'm exhausted. That was that was that was a rush up to getting the show in and done, and then I didn't see the clock, so that was good. Um, couple favorite things. One, you pulled off the audio interview. We put up a picture. Talked to Phil Steele about football, and we stayed on and did the show. The chat was all here. Everybody's good. Second favorite thing about today is that uh, we're talking college football in July. Like, look how excited you are. I I I hate to do it and say it it because I know how excited you are. And I don't want to give you that little (laughs) satisfaction, but you're so happy because you're not talking too much baseball. We ain't talking no basketball. It's football. Look at you. You're like a little kid. I can't wait. I
0: gotta figure out some things. I got to, I've decided, I gotta figure out. I don't want to go to UNLV games. I may need to go to a Pac-12 game. I don't know, but I gotta go to a good college football game this year. I haven't gone to one in a while. I haven't gone, I haven't you can't seen it. not go week.
3: nowhere on Saturday. I'll tell you that right no, now. No, it's
0: fine, but like, I I wanna go, <laughs> I wanna go to a good one. I, I, I wanna go to a good <laughs> college game. At some point, it may be the bowl game. It may be the bowl game here. Maybe a college full playoff game.
3: Figure uh, out by something. that time we should have, we should have things figured out where we could figure out the PAC 12 championship game. It's right it's here. here. Yeah. That's right. I, mean.
0: so I, I want to go uh, to a game. that has got a full house with pageantry and bands. And like, I want, I want a part of it. I want to get back into it. Maybe a Thursday game and maybe well, something, you know, I'll figure it out. But
2: we
3: scratched a pretty good itch when we went to that, College basketball game in Grand Canyon's band. Oh, was that was unbelievable! That was all that so stuff. fun. That was fun as hell at the Orleans, and like, yeah, you know, we had the kids there, and it just was another day to them. But you and I were both oh. brought back to a place of a fun, active student body college basketball experience.
0: Yeah, February, and- January, February. I I may head on down to a Grand Canyon game. I want to see that in person. I want to see a home game. That's for, easy for Grant no problem. Yeah, I, I think I want to go see one of their home guys, like a big, like find a rivalry game or something, because that band is unbelievable.
3: That was fun. That was you got to see fun. it to believe
0: it. I mean, it's a it's the biggest rocking party I've ever seen for a college basketball environment when they played in the tele game here in town.
3: Yeah that that was that was the best one we've been to here. Period. Like, been to the Pac-12 games. I've been to the. This, Mountain West game. Mountain West games are good when it's the right teams, but yep. that was, they were so happy to be there and wanted to be there and brought the whole whatever and the band was kicking and Whew. that was a lot of fun. So, yes, but I, I, again, the college football in July. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just glad we did it. Let's Camps open today. Rookies are
0: reporting across the league today. This is, <laughs> This is football, baby. We're here. We made it. Got through the Sahara Desert. We're good. Oh, got the to the White Oasis.
3: Sox. The White Sox played a Mets today. That's just as big of a game today. We got we got White Sox, the White and, Sox Mets. and the Mets. Pick them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Enjoy that. <laughs> oh, so, I like baseball. I do. I like watching baseball. But I, in terms of watching this, it's, you know, get where we are. Get what's going on. But, yeah. I mean... You know, I didn't watch the Summer League Championship game last night, but I would have if I was around.
3: <laughs> I don't watch it either. We had the best closing Cle- line in the history My of God. the world. Cleveland Houston plus three, couldn't lose. They lost by 100. <laughs> the game closed. Houston minus two. I would have taken three and a half. Plus three. I didn't bet yeah, it. I, but I, I, it was three and a
0: half was the number I was like doing, right. doing the juice. I'm like, if I was going to bet it, I'll take three and a half right now. Houston closed at two. Lost by 20. Right in the can, <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland killed him. Yep. was even I mean, that's why I didn't bet it. I was like, I'm not touching this game because it's such a wonky game because who knows what's going to happen. But Cleveland celebrated, they got the rings, they run around like, tried to make it into a cool big thing. So I don't know. But on that,
3: did you, did you, so you talked about it at the beginning and we'll tie it up, you know, on BVB bonus time. But yeah. the sports grid thing was was fun. Was it not like it's it's hard because it's the two of us do the show every day. I felt bad for Zeno a little bit at one point because we were talking to each other and he was like, wait, what are these two talking about? Like because we were we just went I mean, they turned us on.
0: Yeah.
3: And we just turned on like there was no. Of
0: course, let's let's go.
3: Like, I don't know if Tommy was ready for what happened. And then (laughs) I'm glad I took a peek at what you guys were wearing because I had other stuff on i was like oh, i gotta put something blue on i did it's
0: yeah. great the blue memo don't know yeah. friday Friday night probably won't be the same type of blue memo but maybe i don't know we'll see <laughs> they've added me to the weekend by the way so now i just i, I just gotta just gotta know so now i'm on saturday too so <laughs> as as it's gonna go i'm gonna
3: <laughs> i don't know i don't know
0: how often I'm gonna get put on sports grid but i'm on now three times this week
3: so monday you know you friday saturday no. what you know you can say
0: no I can say no, but when I, normally when I start new ventures, I tend to say yes to most stuff. So I'll say yes in the beginning and then eventually come in and be like, wait a minute, you didn't tell me I was working Saturday. I got like a life. <laughs> like I'm doing things like you just like put out the schedule and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're
3: working Saturday. I am? Really? That's news to me. So it's like, it's like working at the book.
0: Yeah. I did I, did not, I, I
3: didn't know, know I was schedule week by week and tell you when, right. but wait, I'm We're going to, well, no, you're not. You're working.
0: You're not. You're working. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I, I guess last night went well. I don't know. I guess I, they, they liked what I did last night because it came out this morning and you're working on Saturday. Okay. Whatever. That's fine. We can, we can handle that. So, you know, I can talk for hours. So it's not like it's a heavy lift or anything. Right. I was laughing. I was like, Oh, okay. Madeline thought it was funny. Cause she was, you know, cause as we all do, we wear you we have to wear sport coats because we're required to everyone but you. And I wore, was wearing shorts underneath <laughs> underneath. And she was just like, of course. what is this? And I was like, it's just what I'm doing. Don't worry about it. was is yeah. how we're gonna run with it. But um yeah, it was fun. I mean, it, it was good to get that under the belt to, to do that. It was fun to kind of get I always love doing different places, different platforms. You know, it's 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 fun to expand, you know, where's eventually BVB will take over. <laughs> it just it'll be sports grid, BVB, sports grid. <laughs>
3: All us all the time with no value, but still with us and no value. value. And like now we're going to now, I think we should really put in that license in Arizona, and run a book. Maybe somebody will go, Hey, they have a show and, and a book. A book. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> buy the, we yeah, should buy really it. talk to those guys. We should, we should buy them. Yeah. So, you know, who
0: knows. hit the like button the subscribe button. Appreciate it. Thanks to Phil Steele for being here. Gave us a half an hour worth of work. That was a lot of fun to talk college football with him. We'll do more college football cover uh, coverage coming up tomorrow on the program back probably somewhere in the same time as normal. 10, 30, 11-ish normally started early today because of Phil. Appreciate you guys being here. Matt Dave back tomorrow for a Wednesday's BVB.